We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is February 11th, 2022. Got a very special episode for you guys. As many of you know, yesterday was the trade deadline. I went on with Philip Rossman Reich from Locked On Magic as well as a bunch of other Magic podcasts and we talked about what happened or what didn't happen during the trade deadline for the Orlando Magic. So I'm going to go ahead and play that audio. Really hope you guys enjoy the episode and as always, go Magic. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of Locked On Magic. I have gathered the five Magic blogging families here for the trade deadline. Um, before we dive in, um, I do want to apologize for a few things. First, apologize to my guests for being a little bit late um, and apologize to our listeners. Uh, my intention was to do this live. Unfortunately, there's a technical issue on my end um, that did not allow me to do this live, but I still wanted to make sure we get a lot of different magic perspectives in on this big NBA trade deadline day. Uh, before we start, you know me. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com as well as the host here at Locked On Magic. Uh, let's introduce the rest of the five magic blogging families. Uh, uh, let's let's start with you, Jonathan. Jonathan, what's going on, everybody? Thanks, Phil, uh, for having us. It was uh, maybe not as an eventful day as magic fans thought we might have, but uh, yeah, we're going to break it down. Uh, Jonathan from the Six Man Show, happy to be here. Aaron. Yeah, let's go uh, clockwise. Uh, Aaron Goldstone, Orlando Pinstripe Post. Um, also excited to to be here and match some faces with some names of some of these guys that that I've talked to on Twitter, and uh, just excited to talk Magic and, and trade deadline. Since uh, Aaron has us going clockwise, uh, Al. Perfect. Well, guys, again, Phil, thank you so much for having us tonight. Again, like like Jonathan mentioned, not the night that we expected to have. A little more quiet than we expected. Um, but again, Al Grulon with Orlando Magic HQ and the Awesome Podcast. And excited to join you guys. Should be a, a fun night. And Steven. This is fun. I've had all of you, I've like been in interaction with all of you on one on a show in some capacity. So I'm really excited to have us all together. Uh, Steven from Close Up Magic. Um, psyched to be here, guys. 
Yeah, and I think this is the the largest, uh, at least the, the largest virtual gathering of Magic bloggers, and probably the largest gathering of Magic bloggers at one time since the uh, infamous uh, meeting of the of the original five families at All Star Weekend on 2012. Um, but that 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 will remain legendary uh, for those that are OG Magic Magic of uh, Magic of uh, Blogverse guys. But um, let's start with what actually did happen before we dive into what maybe didn't happen, could have happened, or what will happen. Um, the Orlando Magic did make a move at the trade deadline. They traded a second round pick, which is top 55 protected in 2023. So is it really a second round pick uh, for Bull Bull, PJ Dozier, a future second round pick, and everybody's favorite player, cash considerations. PJ Dozier has already been um, cut from the team. The Magic also cut Michael Carter-Williams and Etwan Moore to uh, fill those spots. Um, Dozier's already been cut from the team. Bull is out for the season. I mean... It, I, the way the way I joked, I initially joked about it in my article as the Magic just moved uh, moved uh, deck chairs on the Titanic around today. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, what was what was your initial reaction to the to the to the move that the Magic actually did make today? Well, I mean, I I joked on Twitter, but it was like the fulfillment of the prophecy. You know, when we talk about John Hammond and Jeff Weltman, um, you know, the wingspan, uh, you know, rules overall. You, know, you talk about guys like Mo Bamba and, and Jonathan Isaac that you know they drafted. And it was like, man, if the, the Magic could get Bull Bull. And funny enough, you know, a, a few weeks back when the Nuggets originally tried to trade Bull Bull to the Pistons, everyone's like, that's all it took. Why didn't the Magic trade for Bull Bull? And here we are. So, you know, I was like, okay, I, I guess this is what we're doing. But kind of um, already had an idea with Bull's uh, you know, injury history that we wouldn't see him this year. I was, I was pretty intrigued by P.J. Dozier. I kind of wanted to see. Uh, if, you know, he could you know give us anything, but um, yeah, he was gone before he was here. Um, Aaron, you know, Bull Bull's obviously out. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Will Bull Bull actually be seen in a Magic uniform at some point in the future? <laughs> um, ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> you have to spring that one on me. Okay, um. I don't know. It just kind of depends on on his his medicals, I guess, and what kind of records you know the the Magic see because they're not going to see him, you know, on the floor this season, uh, like like Jonathan just mentioned. But um, you know, he he will be uh, you know a free agent, and, and you know the Magic will be able to to you know control you know whether he he's back with the team or not. But um, you know, at this point, I really don't have the the information to make a good call other than just saying. You know, it was it was worth you know the the free look you know on him you know get him in the facility get him around the organization and kind of check in and, and feel out if if he wants to be in Orlando how interested he is you know in continuing to rehab and, and further his career, um and and playing for Orlando, um you know because I think today this move was made more for 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 flexibility and and you know for financial reasons obviously with the, the Celtics, um the Magic get a second round pick but you know, we know how they value those picks. So this is really just kind of a, a procedural move, not necessarily something right now. I think that that will, will like be helpful on the court. Um, but, but I guess he's got to come to Orlando and, and the magic will kind of check out, you know, his temperature and where he's at. It's just so hard to make a, a call right now. If we ever see him um, in, in pinstripes or not, it would be fun because of his length and everything. And, Maybe he could potentially fill a role sort of like when Mo Bamba, you know, gave the magic if Mo's not back next year. Um, but, but I have no idea. I mean, who knows? That's kind of a, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, 
bowl bowls. I think I think his his reputation and his popularity around the league kind of far outpace what he can do on on the floor. Um, you know, Al, what do you do? You think Bull Bull is a guy that the Magic should keep around? I mean, obviously we don't know what restricted free agency will bring for him, but the Magic, you know, we'll get into this I'm sure a little bit. The Magic have a ton of cap room next year. Uh, is is this a guy that the Magic should think about keeping beyond this season? So I think as Aaron mentioned, I think it's definitely worth a look, right? It's going to be now with us for the next few months, heading into the draft and heading into summer league. You know, get him in your team. See how he how he reacts. Does he like the environment? Do you like how he's fitting in with the other young guys on the team? Um, definitely worth a look. If I'm not mistaken, he's 22 years old. Uh, so again, a, a super young guy. Definitely worth a look. You have now him to worry about, Mo Bamba. Uh, again, the length. Can't even joke around that. You know how the magic like length. <laughs> Having those guys in practice going at each other is going to be fun. Jonathan Isaac hopefully getting healthier. Um, I definitely think it's worth it. I mean, you gave up a second rounder, which may not even convey. So pretty much you gave up nothing to give this guy a look. I don't see any risk whatsoever for the Magic in this trade. Yeah. I mean, if, if that pick does convey for the Ma- – if that pick does end up conveying, then something's gone very, very right for the Magic. Um, if it's top 55 protected, um, you know – Steven, uh, you know, we, we obviously didn't get a chance to meet PJ Dozier or get a chance at him. I actually, uh, I actually did kind of like the thought of adding him as well, just because of the defense that he provides. Obviously there's some, there's some rough parts around the edges. I thought he was playing really well before he tore his ACL, but you know, another guy with a torn ACL are, are the magic losing out in not even giving Dozier a chance. You know? Okay. So I'm just going to be real with you guys. Do it. Do I'm it. not a Bull Bull fan. I was disappointed that out of the two injured guys, he's the one that stuck around for now. Like, I, I would much rather have PJ Dozer on there. I just, like, I don't – I have this thing with, like, size to length ratio and functionality in the NBA, and I just don't know if he's ever going to, like, get to a spot to where he's going to be someone relied upon. Um, so, I – I, if it was me, I'd cut Bull Bull and sign PJ Dozier to rehab his ACL tomorrow. Um, but obviously, I don't make the calls. So, I, you know, we have a lot of guards. Um, did it hurt to, to cut PJ Dozier? Probably not in the long run because I don't know when he hurt himself, but we might, you know, even if he was around this summer, he maybe he's not even healthy enough to get a look in like summer league or something like that or in training camp. So, um, you know, cutting him probably is the smart thing to do to give us an open roster spot to give someone else a look this year. Like, you know, if, if, if they really want to go for the mascot of the Orlando magic, James Timma, um, you know, he can fill in that spot, but I like the flexibility of having an open roster spot there. Um, I almost wish we had two open roster spots to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of my, my quick answer with a little bit of hard opinion on, on Mr. Bowl Bowl. No, no worries. I mean, I think that's perfectly fair. Like, like I said, it, it feels like, it feels like Bull Bull's um, reputation and popularity and like kind of the the wow factor and kind of name recognition far outpaces what he's actually on the floor. Like, there's a reason why Denver tried playing him at the three instead of keeping him at the five, or there's a reason why you know he's always out at the three point line. Like the Magic have seen a lengthy big who only shoots threes and doesn't want to get in the paint. He's had a bunch of nagging injuries throughout his, throughout his early career. Um, there's, there's a reason like as good as bull bull seems to be, he slipped into the second round. Like they're like these NBA guys are not dumb. Like guys slip for a reason, you know, they're yes. Guys get overlooked all the time. Like you do have, you do have a bunch, but for the most part, these guys are properly rated 
uh, when it comes to the NBA. Um, but before we dive into what didn't happen, um, the other bit of news today um, was the Magic dropping Michael Carter-Williams and Etuan Moore to make room for these two players um, on, on, on the roster. Um, start with you. What, what are the Magic losing in, in dropping Michael Carter-Williams on Moore? It, was this deal the right thing for them to do um, and, and, get, and kind of, you know, not give up on, but, you know, kind of concede, that, concede on these two veterans? That was a confusing part for me after the trade went down. We, we kind of got the news of, hey, we're dropping more. We're dropping NCW. What we were sold on was the fact that they were in the locker room to provide veteran leadership to our young roster. That made sense all along. Now you decide to waive them, and now we really have a young team. Now we pretty much have Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, and Robin Lopez really as the vets in the locker room. So I feel like there's a void of that veteran leadership in, in the locker room right now. But what does that mean? The, the, the good news could be that, hey, we now have Markel coming back pretty soon. We don't need two guards to be sitting on the bench doing nothing. We could be using maybe a Lakeland forward to come in and, and give us some minutes. Um, so I think we're going to definitely the, miss the leadership portion of what they can bring to the table. Uh, but I'm excited to see what that means in the short term for the Magic. Again, does that mean Markel is ready? Or does that mean we're going to call up maybe Devin Kennedy again from Lakeland or Tima from Lakeland? So there's someone answering questions right now, but definitely uh, intriguing what, what it could mean at the end of the day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, uh, obviously, like both those guys. I mean, Michael Carter Williams more than Etwan Moore. Sorry, Etwan, we love you, but um, Michael Carter Williams really endeared himself to fans with what he was able to help the team do in 2019. Um, Aaron, just just describe a little bit what the impact uh, of a guy like Michael Carter Williams was for this franchise, and 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 kind of what he what the Magic may have been missing from from not having him this year. Yeah, I mean before before everything kind of slowed down and got, got shut down in, in 2020, as far as what we could cover, you know, when, when the magic picked Michael Carter Williams up in, um, you know, 2019, that 
really kind of changed, you know, some things and some trajectory more than than numbers, you know, would 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 indicate um, when when MCW came on just his professionalism, but like just his like intensity. And he was just so damn annoying for for opponents. And so in the locker room, he was nothing but but professional with me. I mean, he was just, um, you know, so thorough with the way he would try to explain, you know, how a game or a night went or what he saw on the floor. And um, even this year, he didn't play a second, you know, he didn't play a minute, but, but I can't tell you how many times, like just the other night I covered the game, um, Wendell Carter Jr. got hit with a foul, a moving screen, and he was just livid. He was so hot and the magic called timeout and he's barking uh, Wendell Carter Jr. to the refs all the way back to the bench. And Michael Carter Williams goes, calms him down, goes, talks to the referees. It's kind of like the go between. And he was just like, he's been there. You know, like he's seen it all in the NBA. Like he went through the process in Philadelphia. He won, you know, rookie of the year. He gets traded um, after winning rookie of the year. When the hell does that ever happen? Like he gets bounced around the league. He's on his couch. He comes back to Orlando. He's he's seen it all. So in a short amount of time, you know, he's played for some great coaches and, you know, in college, you know, in the NBA. And so he's got so much to share with young players. And this won't be his last stop. You know, he's going to catch on somewhere else. And, um, you know, I do wonder, like Al said, you know, how's that going to affect the locker room? You know, because he provided the magic more this year, at least, um, you know, off the, the court, obviously, than, than, than he, he ever could, even if he was healthy, um, you know, on the floor, uh, just by the way he communicated with the young guys in training camp and in practice and, and on road trips and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I don't think we can understate or overstate how important Michael Carter Williams was to that playoff run. I mean, uh, I don't know about how you guys felt, but when I I remember looking up at the end of the season and seeing that Carter Williams only played the last 12 games with the Magic in that 2019 season, and I was just like, it, it felt like so much more than that. It felt like such a big thing. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I think Carter Williams' tenure with the Magic was characterized the same way much of his career was. It's these, like, nice little bursts. You didn't want to rely on him too much, and then injuries just – kept him from being on the floor and finding the consistency. It really felt like he had had a nice home. Um, Steven, what, 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 what are your, your memories and I guess takeaways from Michael Carter Williams and, and how much do you think, how much do you think the magic are going to miss him? You know, I just, when I think of Michael Carter Williams, I just think of toughness uh, and a player that, that gives it all on both ends of the court um, with his flaws, but, but you never could question his effort. And that's, that's something that's um, invaluable. Um, and, and so for that, I think, you know, like, like Aaron said, that's, that, that's something that, that can be, that, that, that can transfer, that type of energy can transfer to other younger players. And uh, I'm a little disappointed. We didn't get to see him like push these young kids up and down the court, uh, these young men up and down the court and, and really, you know, let them feel his intensity because um, I don't, you know, there's intense guys on the team that that probably give it. They're all in, in practice, but like, you know, he's a veteran that that gets to experience that and really just kind of like terrorize them. So, um, you know, it, it it's a it's a missed opportunity and 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 in a sense that it's you know he was injured, right? Um, I didn't expect him to really play, even if he was healthy this year. Um, I'm more so just wondering like the effects of him not being in practices more so than on in gameplay. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset that he 
is not on the team. Like it's, it was going to happen sooner or later, but the fact, um, you know, just that he wasn't healthy to be able to contribute in a mentorship in a, in a more physical way is I think what's a little bit more uh, disappointing in the whole situation. But overall, like, you know, Michael Carter Williams, like positive impact on magic in his time here, even though he only played, I think I saw something online that he only played from a, from our friend Orlando Magic History, the, the Twitter page that um, we talked about before the recording, I think he said Michael Carter Williams has only played like 88 games in a Magic uniform. So he definitely had some health issues. And it's just like, oh man, you were here for four years and, and only played just over a season. So, but that doesn't matter. Like, I feel like we felt his impact a lot larger than just those 88 games for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, Jonathan, just kind of turning to you on, on, on that impact. Michael Carter Williams just always seemed to give this team a little bit of an edge. Like there's 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 always that one guy who's kind of living on the on the on the knife's edge a little bit, willing to just be physical, willing to just get into guys. And and we have Mortz Wagner to do that now. Mo Wagner kind of gets under guys' skin, but uh, I feel like Carter, like 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 uh, like Stephen said, MCW just te- teaches guys how to play with that little bit of nastiness, and and, and gave this team just a needed mean streak. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, thank God that we still have Moritz Wagner because you re- I think every team needs at least one or a few of those guys. And yeah, you know, it's sad. I you know, agree with Aaron. I don't think it's this is the end uh, for, you know, MCW. I don't think it's the end for Etwan Moore. I think there's a possibility those guys are maybe a little bit more ready to play than we were led to believe uh, from the Magic. We'll see. That's just my conspiracy theory, if you will. But uh, but yeah, I think... Um, Anytime you you move on from a guy who was so instrumental to that 18-19 season, you know, it was only 12 games, but I was joking around today, but it, it's it's really a, a serious thing when Isaiah Briscoe went down with the knee injury after he had replaced Jerry and Grant in the, the second unit. We're like, oh my God, the season's over. We lost Isaiah Briscoe. And then here Michael Carter Williams comes in and, and legitimately, you know, um helped, you know, them close out the season and you know into the playoffs and uh, everybody remembers the bloody nose, you know, against the Raptors and him running down the court, you know, after the refs. Um, but yeah, I, I am a little bit concerned, you know, the moves today, the um, the veteran presence that we've lost. And, you know, now everyone's speculating about buyouts with perhaps Gary Harris and Robin Lopez. And I'm hoping we keep, we hold on to Rolo. I do think Gary Harris is primed to be a, a buyout can. I know I'm probably jumping ahead here on the agenda, but uh, I, I think the Magic need to take a good long look at the roster, and I think it's really important to keep some veterans around at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's the biggest concern. Like I, I'll note that at the practices that I've been been to, you'll often see Etwan Moore kind of off to the side after practice. He's either playing two on two with Markel Fultz. He's usually one of Mark. He was usually one of Markel's um, kind of you know, scrimmage buddies um, as he's, as he's trying to get back. So again, maybe not having him around is a sign that Markel's ready for something a little bit more full, a little bit more real. Um, who knows? Um, but he was also someone that I would see like sitting next to like in post-practice discussions, Jamal Mosley would bring Jalen Suggs aside. They might have a computer up. They might just be chatting. Etwan Moore would be part of those conversations, conversations too. And, and, and like, like Aaron said, Michael Carter Williams was constantly in people's ears during games. He was constantly engaged, and and it's it's to me the veteran issue is not just about having veterans and having some guys that can help show the young guys around. It's having guys who are invested in what this project is, invested in what the Magic are trying to accomplish overall. The Magic had earned in Channing Fry. Channing Fry was not invested in anything that the Magic did as a team. He was invested in the people around him. 
at, and he kept it real. He's a great, like everyone will tell you, he's a great teammate. But I, I don't know if you were you were in the locker room at that point, Aaron. But like Channing Fry was completely checked out on team issues. He was not he was not invested in anything the team did. But Stephen, you, you kind of you, or Jonathan, sorry, you kind of got next point. Let's talk about the things the Magic didn't do. Um, we expected a trade for Terrence Ross with one year left on his contract. We expected potentially that Gary Harris could get moved. We expected that maybe the Magic would move on from Obamba ahead of his restricted free agency. Um, first, were you surprised that the Magic were not able to get deals done with any of these players? Um, I don't know that I would say I'm, I'm surprised. I think we all kind of felt like we would feel pretty fortunate if we were able to get a first-round pick for either Gary Harris or Terrence Ross. I feel like that there was always a, a, an element of that just not being realistic. Am I you know, surprised that they didn't make any moves at all, really, in that regard? Yeah, I am. But I'm relieved that the Magic didn't just take a deal just to move on from a guy. Like, especially Terrence, there's no rush to trade him. If you, you know, want to move him this offseason, you're still going to be able to do that, perhaps on draft night or as we move forward into free agency. So um, I think you've referenced, you know, plenty of times, you know, Stan Van Gundy, I think it was, that said, sometimes the best deals that you make are the deals that you don't make. So I think there's a, an element of, of that today. So, yeah, I'm pretty interested to see what's going to happen with Gary in terms of, you know, the you know buyout you know, happening or if it doesn't happen. Uh, but, yeah, with Terrence, you know, you, ha you have him under contract. He's still you know, on an affordable deal. So no no rush to make a move just to just to help out the freaking Lakers. Who wants to do that? Yeah, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, they got to give you something you want to. Um, Steven, just kind of looking around the league at some of the other deals were made. Uh, were you surprised that the Magic were unable to to get a deal done for for Terrence Ross and 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 based off just what was out there? I I was a little little bit, you know. Um, Terrence Ross has a you know a very favorable contract, um, one that's attractive twelve point five million this year, eleven point five million next year, um, and that's it, uh, you know. And he's comfortable in in a off the bench role. Um, but some of the teams that he was he was traded or he was rumored to, you know, like the Lakers, the Cavs, the the Jazz, they made their moves early, um, and so I'm not surprised that a little bit of the suitors maybe were not willing to offer as much today as as maybe some of the past teams that that were potential spots for him, um, and and if it comes down to getting just two second round picks instead of the first that you're hoping to get. And you're not psyched on like, there's no rush to go out and get those two seconds for me. So like, am I surprised the deal didn't get done? Um, slightly. Am I, am I annoyed? No, because like that same deal today will be there this, this summer and even next deadline um, in my opinion. So they can wait. And really when you lose Michael Carter Williams and you lose each one more having a vet that, I don't know if you guys saw his Instagram today, but you know he he posted a funny GIF of um, Leonardo and what's the name of that Wolf of Wall Street? You know, saying I'm not leaving, uh, and you know to me that kind of tells me like you know he wants to be here in a way, and so um, I'm not mad that he didn't get traded. Like I'm 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 a little bit more in favor of having vets on this team than than just filling you know empty spots with a bunch of youth. So like. Um, I, I'm fine not getting two second round picks for, for Terrence Ross today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's definitely something that happened where the, the bottom of the market just kind of dropped, dropped off at Al. Um, when you look at, when you look at the, the marketplace again, just did, did the magic 
did the Magic do good? What 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 sort of what, again? And then I guess moving forward, what sort of players should the Magic be thinking about now? Understanding what this market was, if they're looking to move Terrence Ross again at, at the tra- at the draft or, or moving forward to next year. I think the goal needs to be for the Magic still to aim for that first round pick if possible. You know, a team that may be desperate enough to to really go all in next season. Hope for that. If not, a young prospect. That I think to me that hasn't changed. Terrence Ross does what he does. He hits open threes. He's a great scorer off the bench. Any team in the league will be lucky to have him. That's the reality of it. Um, so heading into next season, last year of his contract, expiring contract, I think if the Magic really want to move him, there will be a deal there for him. As Steven mentioned, it may not have happened today. Maybe simply the suitors just were not there anymore for the Magic by the time that the deadline came. Um, so why rush it? He wants to be here. By all that we know, he enjoys Orlando. So does his family. So again, why why rush a deal? Why make a bad deal just to get it done today? So I think the focus remains the same. Get some draft capital, if not a young prospect in return. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's still that's still the dream. And obviously, um, I think the, how teams evaluate what they're trying to do. And obviously, I think once once draft picks are known, you know where you're picking. I think that becomes a little bit different in in, in trading for draft picks, like. You know, if you're thinking about the Lakers, um, a lot of us, I think, had, you know, maybe a Taylor Horton Tucker and a Kendrick Nunn for Terrence Ross or Taylor Horton Tucker and a first for Terrence Ross. You know, who knows if Magic actually liked Taylor Horton Tucker. They traded him away once. They're, I don't know why they'd want to get him again. Um, but, uh, but doing the, but, you know, the Lakers might be afraid, might have been afraid to trade their first this year because knowing that, hey, that could end up being four, uh, 16, 17, it could be low teens. And, and we kind of need that now. Um, since you know we're having a much worse season, instead of in the twenties, a team in the twenties probably um, is thinking differently. And who knows? You know, maybe the Joe Ingles injury changed uh, some of the calculus with Utah as well as as a, as a last minute thing. Um, Aaron, um, as we get closer to the end of the season, you know, I, I would argue a lot of people have been arguing with me, like, have you looked at Terrence Ross's stats? He's not having a great year, and I think we'd all agree he's not having his best season in a Magic uniform. But I think a lot of us probably would also say, well, it's also content context dependent because the Magic's bench has been kind of terrible for most of the year, and Ross has been a guy that sucked up a lot of a lot of focus. Um, it, did do you think that played a role in, in what happened to Ross's market and, and how the Magic are thinking about things as they try to close out this season? Yeah, I mean, maybe from the outside, you know, from other teams around the league looking at Terrence Ross he's on the wrong side of 30 and this is his worst career shooting year. So maybe teams were, were a little reluctant, but you know, even when he's not knocking down shots, I mean, we all know how streaky he is. He demands, at least on the magic, he demands so much attention from, from other teams, from opposing teams, defense. Um, I mean, I wrote a piece about, you know, some, some deals that I thought made sense, but I, I love the fact that, that they had, um, you know, a value in mind, uh, Jeff Weldman and then John Hammond, they had a value and teams didn't want to meet it. And so, you, you know, you hold on to him. This is not, uh, today was not an Evan Fournier situation where he has an expiring contract, like his deals better next year than it is this year. And so, you know, you can move them over the summer. You can move them at this exact time next year. You're always going to be able to get a second round pick or, or filler or whatever for Terrence Ross. So if that's all you're going to get today, um, you know, uh, again, he demands so much attention on the perimeter, even when he's not knocking down shots, he's going to open up stuff for all your young players. You know, let's remember the number one focus, this, this front office, like above anything else is, is like developing the, the 20 somethings. And, 
you know, you can make the argument that he's eating minutes and stuff like that, but you could also make the argument he creates space and opportunities for them on the floor and, and things get a lot more, you know, uh, jammed up without that, that shooter and that, that score to, to, to focus other teams on. So, you know, I'm fine with it. Um, uh, I, I think I'm along the same lines as, as Jonathan. I, I think Gary Harris will will probably get bought out. That'll be a really interesting next decision for the Magic because it's like, okay, where are you at, Gary? Do you want to latch on with someone? Do you want to stay here? Um, you know, are they more interested, the Magic, in doing right by him and kind of getting a good reputation built up around the league for taking care of veterans? Or do they say, you know what, you're under contract, you're staying here to, again, um, you know, keep that that veteran presence in the locker room. So that'll be a really tough call with Gary, with with Robin Lopez. Um, you know, do we do right by you and buy you out or, or do we keep you here because you're under contract and you could provide value to this team in, in one way or the other? Um, I know I took a roundabout way of, of answering your question, but but I'm fine with 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 Terrence still being here. Um, you know, there's other opportunities to move him. And I don't think, you know, the Magic really missed an opportunity today by not moving him um, because if it was just a second or a couple second, you know, round picks, even if it was Talon, Horn, Tucker, whoever, um, you know, I, I don't see a huge miss there. I liked Terrence Ross in Cleveland. So when the Karis LeVert deal went down a couple days ago um, and that took Cleveland off the table, um, you know, I thought that was probably his best fit. Um, so, so, so yeah, it should be interesting to see, uh, how the rest of the year for, for Terrence goes and, and into the summer next year too. reasonable contract next year. I mean, what, 11 million, so 11 and a half, I think. And, and, yeah. and yes, I, I think we will probably see Terrence Ross get shut down with like knee tendinitis or something that. No, let me know. jump in really, really quickly, like two seconds. I go, felt go, better go about it. this, um, on this last homestand, uh, on Saturday night against Memphis, I asked Coach Mosley, I was like, Terrence Ross, 10 minutes, like kind of what's up with that? And he was like, well, you know, we were kind of getting blown out and I wanted to see some of the young guys. And so, look, that was actually kind of a positive answer. So if you apply that reasoning for the rest of the year, okay, get Terrence's regular minutes. But, like, if there's a game where they're either winning by a lot or, or probably losing by a lot, like he might err on the side of playing young guys. And so – Ross is not going to take opportunities away from, from the 20 somethings. Like he's there to provide what he does and provide value. And I'm, I'm not worried about it. And I, I really like that answer from, from coach. So. Yeah, that was, that was actually a, I, I remember, I remember listening back to that when, when I was going through the going through the post game and it was, you know, a little bit surprising that, at how honestly uh, coach Mosley answered that question. Um, Al, um, you kind of started, we kind of started shifting over to Gary Harris uh, unlike Terrence Ross, he was an expiring contract. If the Magic were going to get something, even if it were an Evan Fournier type deal, I, I don't know if there are any trade exceptions uh, big enough out there uh, to to absorb him or or teams that would be able to get a, who would want a guy like Gary Harris had a trade have a trade exception big enough to absorb him. But were you surprised the Magic were not able to get a deal for Harris done? Um, and, and is he a guy that that gets bought out? So I think the the fan in me is surprised, right? We we really expected to see Gary Harris gone today simply because we don't think, again, I'm talking about as a fan here, we don't think he'll want to be here in the long term in this rebuild. You would think he he played his duels in Denver, was playing for a contender. He wants to go back to that environment again. Again, all assumptions. So if that is the case, you assume automatically he's going to get traded today for whatever we can get, second round pick, whatever it may be. 
But as you mentioned, the issue was the salary. A $20 million figure is not easy to match. How do you make that work? So apparently, based on what we know now, it couldn't get done. So now it leads the conversation to a different, a different topic, which is now, hey, do we buy you out? Do we do right by you by doing this for you? And I'm a firm believer that Magic will do right by him. I think that if that's his decision, he wants to end the season with a contender, they'll find a way to do that. Uh, we learned that last year with Gordon, Vooch, and Fournier. They did right by those guys. I don't see why they wouldn't do the same thing with him. Um, I would also think that they talked to him during this week, if not today, and say, hey, this is what we got going on. What do you think? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we buy him out. I also wouldn't be surprised if he ends the season in Orlando. He values, you know, having the family stay here and not have to move at this time of the year. So we will see. But I think it's very likely that he might be um, bought out over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I think can that's... Can I jump in for a second? No, go for it. Go for I it. Just, I just want to say, I caught a little snippet. I was, I was building a dresser for my upcoming daughter last night. I was listening to... Um, the Ringer podcast, I forget the name of the specific one, but it was Kevin O'Connor and he had Bleacher Report Jake Fisher on it, who has slowly turned into a pretty credible insider in the NBA in, in, in the last couple of years. Um, they were talking about like potential buyout candidates and, and, and Gary Harris's name got brought up. The very first thing that uh, Jake Fisher said before he got into the buyout aspect uh, or, or trade aspect of Gary Harris was there's a possibility for him to return. Um, and so when I heard that, and then I see that he didn't get traded today, I'm wondering if we are projecting our own feelings that we think he has on him for, for, and I'm not pointing you out, Al, I'm just saying in general, like we've all talked about it ever since he got traded here, you know, as his last year that, Oh, you know, he, He's probably that's going to see someone that's going to get traded right as soon as he started you know, playing better. And so I'm wondering if there is a plan bigger than that to keep him here. Um, and maybe this is me just digging too deep into like a tiny little three second comment that Jake Fisher said, but I think he said it for a reason. And so it's made my head like spin ever since I heard it last night, because I've been like team re-sign Gary Harris for a very long time. Um, I think he just adds so much to this team and takes very little away. So um, I don't know. That got me really excited. I just wanted to drop that nugget in there. No, no. I, and I, that was, that was actually the next place I was going to go because uh, you know, like, like Al said, like Al said that the way that this magic team has approached everything and everything that I've heard about the way Jeff Weltman and John Hammond operate is they're very player focused. They're very player first. They want, they want to, to be there for the players. I mean, you, Everyone, everyone in Magic Twitter has been buzzing about the photo of John Hammond kind of hugging Markel's kid. Like it's, it's that close of a relationship. I mean, the the fact that you know Nikola Vucevic confirmed it that the Magic let that kind of involved him in those trade discussions. Not necessarily maybe the specific team, but said, hey, you know, we might have this opportunity to trade you. Would you be okay with that? You know, which which places do you you know which places are you thinking about? You know, it it. it felt pretty revolutionary to, to openly kind of admit that a player under contract and a really important player at that was, was, uh, was pretty involved in those conversations. I'm sure, you know, Aaron, Aaron Gordon kind of came out a little bit with the trade, with the trade, not demand, but that he had, he had asked for trade and that there'd been some discussions about it, that it sure sounds like it was a lot more, maybe a familial, a lot more kind of friendly discussions than say what Ben Simmons and James Harden have done than what Dwight Howard did way back when, um, it, it, it felt like it was something that like, okay, look, we know the season's not going anywhere. 
We're thinking about taking the step. What do you think? Um, and, you know, I'd also note that like CJ McCollum said, Portland did the same thing with him as, as they were shopping or as they were looking around to, to kind of reset themselves. And CJ said, New Orleans was a place that, that I looked at, that I looked at and that kind of spawned those trade discussions. So I think a lot of those things happened. And, and, you know, I think to your point, Stephen, it's been widely assumed that the magic will trade that will, will buy out Gary Harris. It's, it's, you know, John Hollinger already put out his article of his buyout candidates. Um, Gary Harris, I think is second on that list. Um, like very, very high on that list. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who assume the magic might buy out Robin Lopez, but there's also an equal number of people that would say, Robin signed with the magic so that he could go to Disney all the time. Like he loves Orlando. Like there's, there's, there's reporting out there saying like, you know, Robin is open to staying as much as he's open to leaving. Like it doesn't seem like he's aggressively pursuing. So I do think you're, I do think you guys are right that the decision to buy out is going to be Gary Harris's. If Gary tells Jeff Wilman, like, Hey, I know I'm in the last year of my contract. I love what you guys are doing, but I want to play for a contending team they'll do it. Um, if there's, if they're already thinking about resigning him, then obviously they're going to keep him. Um, and, and figuring out the, the amount that you resign him to would be, I think the trickier part because the magic's books are completely clean. Um, Jonathan, I just want to get your thoughts on this then. Um, what does it say about the magic as an organization that a Gary's been given the chance to kind of reclaim his career on um, this season? Um, I think we can all agree he's had his best season in a, in a lot, in a long time, or in a, at least since that, that mythical 2018 season that he had. Um, and what does it say that a lot of us think that this decision on whether to go to a contender, you know, do right by the veterans is really his? Well, I, I just like to make the point that we all know the magic don't leak anything. So everything that we're doing, like mostly is just speculation because it makes sense. You know, he played for a contender midway through the season, got traded to a really bad team, his contract expiring. You know, he, he's been pretty close to having a lot of team success with the Nuggets. So no one really knows, you know, at least in my opinion, what is is going on or what has been said behind closed doors. It's really all uh, speculation. But no, I mean, I, you know, it makes you proud to root for a team that, um, you know, we, we forget so often that there is a human element to this. And I think I myself am guilty of that, but I'm reminded of it each trade deadline, like going back to last year, you know, after Evan Fournier wins the game against the Phoenix Suns and Josh Robbins, you know, asked him you know, after the game, like, you know, you know, what is it meant to you to, to be here? And, uh, you know, you could just see those guys get emotional. Everybody remembers the, the Vucevic, the first press conference with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, there's there's a human element to this that I, I feel like, especially if you're in the trenches every single day with these guys, um, it, it's hard to ignore. So there's an element of pride in the organization that we all, you know, cover and, you know, root for, uh, you know, that there's there's good people that are working there and, and they, uh, you know, they, they, they don't turn a blind eye to the human element uh, of all of this. So, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that the Magic operate the way that they do. I think it goes a long way with creating good faith with players, you know, with, with agents. You know, a lot of these players in the league, they all share agents and they all talk about, oh, what was your experience in, in this place? How did they treat you and everything like that? And, uh, you know, one thing that I feel like hasn't been talked about enough around this trade deadline and pertaining to the magic is, you know, at some point they've alluded to either just continuing to build through the draft or to accumulate assets, have long term flexibility in the cap that if one of these guys comes available, the magic can kind of push their chips into the middle of the table, so to speak. And I, I don't think we can rule that out either. Um, if we do buy out Gary Harris and we make the decision not to re-sign him, you know, it seems I'm glad the Magic didn't just make a deal to make a deal today 
even if it was in terms of like renting out cap space or what have you, because they still have that long-term flexibility and they're, you know, they're continue to accumulate these draft assets. So that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I don't even know if I answered your question. No, no, no. I I mean, I think he hit, I think he hit out a lot of key points and, and obviously I think, I think it's a testament to Gary Harris that he's endeared himself enough to fans because, you know, I, I think Magic fans, for the most part, there's certainly some that don't, but for the most part, understand the situation the Magic are in. And it's it's hard to attract quality free agents. It's hard to attract quality veterans to a rebuilding team. Uh, veterans want to win. They've, For the most part, they've done the stat chasing. They've done the numbers. They've got the money. They want to win basketball games. That's 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 you know you want guy you you want guys who want to win guys who choose to go to a team that's gonna lose that's gonna lose most of its games. You honestly don't want those guys. You want guys who who you know again maybe see the potential that the Magic have and are going to be patient enough to wait for it. Um, but you want guys that that want to win. And, and obviously, I think that's still um, biggest the biggest thing that the Magic have to have to get get to and, and challenge and. But that, you know, I think we should kind of begin to turn our attention toward the future and, and, and what, what's in store the rest of this season as well as 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 next season. Um, Aaron, um, obviously, the Magic are I think are going to be one of the one of three or four teams with with cap room next next summer. Um, it's not a good free agent summer, um, and so I think a lot of us were intrigued to see if the Magic would rent some cap space out and, and try and set themselves up a little bit for the offseason or or kind of make a big kind of offseason ish move. Um, this 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 year obviously didn't. Um, what do the Magic need to see the rest of this season to understand what they need to do with that with that asset that they have and the assets that they have um, as they prepare for maybe the next steps of this rebuild and this team's development? Yeah, I mean the the elephant in the room, and I don't know how we've gone forty two minutes without mentioning it. I mean we've got to see if if Markel first and then Jonathan Isaac, if, if those guys can come back and get on the floor, because, um, you know, you want to see, you want to see them play with, with literally everyone else that Jeff and John have put together and done such a, a masterful job putting together. Like, I think people forget, I mean, like 90% of this roster has never played a minute with, with either Markel or Jonathan Isaac. So, you know, even if they can get back for a few games, like I've, I mean, there's value in that just to kind of see what you have and see how the pieces. Nope. Uh, we lost Aaron there. Um, so we'll get him back soon. Uh, soon, hopefully. Um, Al just kind of turning, turning to you then what, what do you need to see from the magic, the rest of the season, this last quarter of the season to kind of give you a sense of what direction they're heading in? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I want to see personally is what we saw last week from the Magic, that competitive edge, fighting every single game, taking good teams down to the last minute of each game. That, that to me, is the most important thing. See these guys play in meaningful games, not to get blown out like we did against Memphis, we did against the Celtics, because in those occasions, nobody learns. Nobody gains any experience. That's not good for us. So I think as long as these young guys are exposed to playing, again, in competitive games, they're getting plenty of minutes, that's the key. And of course, we can't forget about health. Uh, we want to see these guys finish the season strong, stay healthy, um, and again, just play competitive basketball. I think that's the key for us uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, um, Stephen, just just kind of getting us getting a sense now. Now, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think I think the summer is a, just a just a huge mystery, and obviously, that that draft pick that the Magic have is probably the most important thing that they they still have to learn have to figure out um, for their offseason. Um, it's probably the biggest piece they've placed. But what do you want to see from the Magic the rest of this season as they as they 
head into the off season uh, to, to kind of give you of what direction they're, they're going to go. Competence. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, there's times when we're in games and, you know, maybe it's a loss, maybe it's a win, but things look really together. And then sometimes it's like, it looks like there's only NBA players on the court for a single quarter. And, uh, I just like to see more for a quarter basketball. Um, and, and like that, that's really it. I could care less if there's wins or losses to it. Um, you know, in a sense, part of me is like, I'm not like, Hey, let's go purposely lose, but I don't care if we win in a sense, because like, we've already gone this far. I would kind of hate to like, you know, ruin anything essentially like without saying it. Um, but, but, you know, I just want to see like in, in the front office, we'll take care of that like organically. So like, no one's, I'm not saying they need to go throw games, but I just want to see competitive basketball in a sense with, with, you know, and health. I want to see health. Like those are the two main things. I don't think there's like a, for me, there's not like a, Oh, I need to see friends have like, you know, four more 30 point games and, and be, be that guy. I don't need to see, you know, I'd love to see Fultz and J.I. get on the court and get in the mix, but it's, it's really more just like competence with our players um, and, and just some connections with the core guys. Um, that, that's really it. I, I, uh, I hope I answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, I mean, I think we all kind of want to see some of the same things. So, so let me, let me maybe phrase the question differently for you, Jonathan, how would you evaluate the job that Jamal Mosley's done and, and kind of laying the foundations this season? And what more do you want to see from him or, or what do you want him to emphasize? Maybe it's the same things um, for these last 20, 25 games. Well, with, with Jamal, you know, I think, you know, he, he does deserve part of the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's his first year as a head coach. Obviously it's a, a difficult task uh, that he's been given um, in, in terms of, you know, the team hasn't been very good, but we also, you know, want to be competitive. We want the guys to develop. Um, and I think, you know, rightfully so people have criticized some of his, you know, in-game decisions or, you know, adjustments or sometimes lack thereof. But, if you look at what he has done in terms of keeping the morale of this team at, I mean, it's almost never wavered. Like they're, you know, the, the Memphis and, and Celtics games, you know, maybe the, the body language wasn't great. Um, but, you know, at some point you're going to see cracks, you know, in, in the morale of a young team that's had a, a season in which they've lost as much as they have. But, you know, for the most part, these guys are in high spirits. They're competing every single night. Uh, you know, they're they're not getting too low on themselves after losses. They're not getting too high after wins. I think that is, you know, especially for a rebuilding team, I, I don't think you can overstate how important it is to have a guy like that, whether it's your head coach, whether it's an assistant coach, whether it's a, a veteran in the locker room, just somebody that's going to keep the team even keeled, you know, the entire season. And for them to still be, uh, you know, competing and fighting, I mean, you, you've I've heard you bring it up on on your podcast a few t- a few times this year, Phil. Um, but just the fact that this team almost like never lets go of the rope, and that's not something that we've necessarily always seen from Magic teams in the past. And for it to be you know a team with all of these twenty somethings and you know, a rookie head coach, I think that speaks volumes to the culture that the Magic and you know Jamal Mosley are, are curating with this young roster. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would say just from my experience, this group. And I know it's still early and a lot can still go wrong. This group feels very different um, than the, the early Jacques Vaughn years. Um, just, just uh, uh, like that's maybe that's, maybe that's me looking for hope and trying to cling, cling on to something. But 
um, that I, I, I feel like this this group is is very different and, and, and doing things differently than the last than the last uh, last time the Magic tried a, a long term rebuild. Um, I want to close close up with one last question uh, for for all of you. Um, we'll start with we'll start with you, Stephen. Um, what besides drafting Jari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero, Jaden Ivey, um, those are the dreams. Um, besides whatever happens in the draft, what do the Magic have to accomplish this offseason to, to take the next steps? You know, again, assuming Markel is healthy, assuming Jai is back, assuming uh, assuming things that we hope you know, that we expect to happen for the end of the season, but. Um, where do the Magic need to put their focus this offseason? I, I think it's finding that that veteran that's going to really help balance them out and take them to the next rep level. Um, maybe maybe that veteran is re-signing Gary Harris. Maybe it's, um, you know, I don't know who it is. You know, they're, they're – it, 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 you know, that Gordon Hayward, that Kyle Lowry, the, uh, he's kind of a weird example. Obviously, CP3 is the goat of put, putting bad teams together to the next level. But, like, finding a vet or two, and it's probably more than one, realistically – um, to really balance out this roster and, and, and that, that knows how to make winning plays and, and teach a team how to win. Um, that, that's really my, my thing right now for this summer, particularly now that we have, we're going to have two open roster spots, like two more. Uh, and then who knows what happens with Gary Harris and, and uh, Terrence Ross, but you know, with, with more and um, you know, with Eton Warren and, and Michael Carter Williams gone, um, you know, I mean, obviously we'll have a draft pick that'll, that'll fill one of those spots, but I just want to make sure that the veterans that we bring in are, are not really just guys that are going to like sit at the end of the bench and be okay. Like I want competitors on this team that, that we're bringing in players to play, um, to help bring them in. Not that they need to take over like a young player's spot, but you know, they, they should be fighting for it. You know, I, I don't think we need to just give, RJ a spot in the rotation if he's not making it at this point. You know, obviously he still needs to develop, but like, I don't want another season of of hoping we have a top five pick next year. So, um, and we we shouldn't with the players we have on this team and the potential of who we're going to overpay as a veteran to come join us next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Al, what where do the Magic need to put their focus this off season? Um, to to just to, to kind of again take that next step. So I completely agree with what Steven said about the vet presence, uh, finding that, that key member that can solidify the locker room uh, again. So I think that's important. Number two for me would be using that cap space wisely. Even though we have some cap space available this offseason, you don't want to go out there and just spend it like we did back in 2016 when we just threw it at anybody that would take it. So I think, you know, be careful with that. And the number one focus needs to be continued progress. So again, you want to see this team develop. We don't want to see this team back in the lottery next season. We understood this year what was what it's going to be. It was going to be a, a, a year where we're going to be developing and honestly looking for a top draft, draft pick. Next year, that can be the goal. So I think if you get a solid vet, you use your cap space wisely and get healthy, we can definitely accomplish that next season. Yeah, um, I, I, it seems like we're, we're all in agreement there. Aaron, um, obviously offseason still a long way away. Um, but out, you know, outside outside whoever the Magic take in the draft, what what is the Magic's focus this offseason? Yes. Sorry about that, guys. I was on my laptop and I like literally I was talking. So, Steven, I heard you were saying that you <laughs> okay. are uh, you are expecting. So I've got two little girls and um, wait till they get to the age where they start 
downloading a bunch of games and random stuff on your laptop and like then they forget to charge it overnight <laughs> and stuff like that it's, it's so much fun but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna blame my road as, as a good dad so sorry about that i really apologize but, um i'm back now on my so uh this summer obviously draft is 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 focus number one and hitting a home run there and and i'm sure you know we're all in agreement that they're gonna have a, a very uh high pick and and you know we'll all be at the mercy of ping pong balls and we'll all get to read on Twitter everybody arguing every time the Magic do happen to win a game for the rest of the year about odds and stuff that's so much fun and we're all like so over that by now but um, other than that you know probably the same focus of last summer of bringing in the right mix of uh, veterans to shepherd you know you know our young roster I think our our management is really solid at identifying guys that can add value not necessarily on the court but in the locker room i mean they did a really nice job with robin lopez and each one more and and just the people that they bring in on the fringes you know um that that they're able to 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 come in and, and kind of mix and that's not an easy thing to do in the nba is find people like that to be professional and so um identify those kind of veterans for the right price I don't feel like they need to waste or blow a bunch of cap space or so far from competing. That's not the focus. Um, maybe look into a trade like this, this traded line where you can take some, some bad money for an asset down the road. They'll have that kind of flexibility, but, but it's all about to find the best player, keep moving forward with, with your own core and uh, you know, live to fight another day. Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, do you have, I mean, I, I think we all we're all kind of in agreement on on where the Magic need to go next and and how they need to be strategic. But do you have anything to add to to what we've all said here to to, to take this team to that next to the next step of this rebuild? Yeah, I think what I'm uh, really interested in and what I was uh, interested in kind of leading up to the trade deadline is you know especially if Markel and Jonathan Isaac are nearing a point where they're ready to come back. I think we all expect them to give this team some kind of boost what that looks like is largely dependent on how they look when they return from injury um but yeah how they handle that the rest of the season does gary harris get bought out and how that affects uh you know your your draft lottery status at the end of the year um i think you know a lot of people have have made the point even though i've been against tanking but a lot of people have made the point on twitter that this is the the path that management decided to go down uh, when they made those deals at the last trade deadline that this was going to be a rough year for the Magic and the light at the end of the tunnel is another high draft pick. Um, but for me, I, I think you go into this offseason, you have to be careful. You want to maintain that long-term cap flexibility, um, but you have to make moves in this offseason, whether that be through the draft or you know supplementing with some you know uh, short-term you know contracts, even if you have to overpay a guy for a year or two to get them here. Um, 2023, you want to make yourself look as attractive as possible as you can for entering into that 2024 free agency so you can try to go and get you, you know, one of these big or 2023 free agency, excuse me, um, you know, one of these big fishes and, and bring them to the magic. Phil, I think you made a great point earlier. You know, Orlando being a small market may not be the biggest free agent destination, but if you can sell winning to a free agent that you know, you're, you're the piece that we need to take that next step, I think you have a better chance of, uh, of getting a free agent. And, and, and honestly, like I would, I would argue too, that free agency is not the way you get players. You need to be ready almost the year before so you can grab them in a trade. So you can try and attract them that way. That's a, um, I a think, I think that's, I think that's kind of the way these, these big fish are moving nowadays. And cause they know, they know that wherever their bird rights are, that's where they, they get, 
they get their money. Um, kind of on the tanking point as well, I would point out that the Magic probably have one of the easier schedules after the All-Star break. Um, they have a lot of home games coming up. Uh, so, you know, I was telling everyone, don't be upset when the Magic win a lot of games late, especially with guys coming back from injury. They kind of did their tanking work early. And, and was it enough? Well, we'll find out. We'll see who else is, is sitting out. Um, Steven, you had, you had one more thing you wanted to add? Yeah, yeah, and you're kind of you're, you're leading me right up to it, man. Um, so I have not clicked sim yet, but I have Tankathon up. I thought it'd be fun just to do one sim since the draft is like kind of fun. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit it right now, and we're, we're in the number second spot before I hit sim. So I'm, I'm sit, spinning it. It did its wheel. Hey, it's a good day for Magic fans right now. I clicked it once. We jumped up to the first spot. We have the there number one pick in the draft. I'm gonna leave it. Why at are you that. wasting it today? I want to have yeah. a little fun, guys. I want to have a little fun, all right? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I want to thank you all for for joining us to kind of break down uh, the Magic's trade deadline, where the Magic stand, what they did, what they didn't do. Um, I, it's 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 really fun to have, you know, this many Magic this many magic uh, bloggers and podcasters all in one space. Um, really do appreciate all the work that you guys do. Um, I'm sure all the Magic fans do, too. For anyone Likewise, who, who, everyone who does not know, where to find you guys um this just let us know where they can find you jonathan let's start with you yeah you can find us um basically uh everywhere podcasts are sold uh the six man show we don't sell them obviously but on <laughs> uh twitter instagram at six man show yep uh uh steven i am primarily on twitter um on uh the the podcast can be found at the close up magic where you'll find podcasts and occasional articles or if you want to interact with me directly, which is a little bit more of an active page, my personal page is at uh, Steven0610. Thanks for Al. having me, Phil. No, no worries. Thank, thank you for coming on, Al. Yeah, on Instagram, you can find us at Orlando Magic HQ, on Twitter at The Olson Pod. And again, the podcast is The Olson Podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Phil, for having us on today. No problem. And Aaron. Yes, uh, I want to echo what everyone else is saying. Thank you, Phil, for getting this together and having uh, having me on. Uh, at Aaron Goldstone uh, on Twitter, uh, I write for Orlando Pinstripe Post. Uh, we haven't podcasted at a group of my site in in a little while, so so everyone else that's kind of got a, a functioning uh, podcast, you know, I would love to come on because this was a lot of fun. If if you ever need somebody to totally screw up your show and cut out midway and and make. <laughs> Events, then then I'm more than happy to come on and, and ruin everything. So so let me know. This is why you have multiple guests so that 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 other people can carry the burden and and, and share the load. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, guys, uh, it, it I, I joke that there's the five uh, magic blogging families. Um, truly appreciate you all coming on the show, giving your perspective on the magic, adding adding to the conversation here. Um, I I I. I don't say this enough. I, I truly think Magic fans are a fantastic bunch. We're one of the, the quiet gems, I think, on NBA Twitter, um, as well as around the league. Um, you know, people who, who decry the Amway Center, well, the, the Magic need to win a little bit. And I think Magic fans... We are, will have are, our time to shine. We will have we'll our time have to our shine. Time. We will have our time in the sun. That's that's for sure. Um, I truly do appreciate all of you for what you contribute to the Magic community. I um, truly appreciate you all for coming on my show. It, it, of course, is Locked On Magic. You can find us wherever you download podcasts as well as streaming on YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at R underscore V. And of course, follow Orlando Magic Daily for the latest from me on the Orlando Magic. You can follow us there on Twitter at Daily. Thank you guys again for coming on the show. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you all for sticking with us and listening. Again, I apologize for not being able to uh, get the live stream working. Hopefully we'll be able to do this again uh, in the offseason ahead of the draft. 
that we can all uh, talk a little bit more Orlando Magic basketball. For all of my guests, for the five Magic blogging families, this has been Philip Ross. And I thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic or whatever Magic podcast you're listening to. We'll see you all again next time. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!